Hello, it is Ryan, and I was on a flight the other day playing one of my favorite social spin slot games on chumbacasino.com. I looked over the person sitting next to me, and you know what they were doing? They were also playing Chumba Casino. Coincidence? I think not. Everybody's loving having fun with it. Chumba Casino is home to hundreds of casino style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere, even at 30,000 feet. So sign up now at chumbacasino.com to claim your free welcome bonus. That's chumbacasino.com and live the Chumba life. No purchase necessary. DTW, Revoid, we're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus. I'm Joe Kane. I'm Dan Kane. I'm Sal Conca. And I'm Wayne Heckler. And this is the Imperfect Podcast. Don't forget to go to hecklercane.com and sign up to be an Imperfect Podcast Insider. To the bumper. Director, producer, writer, cinematographer, working on the camera department, electrical department, sound department, as an editor and as an actor, our next guest has done it all. Dimi Nakoff is a filmmaker's filmmaker. This New Zealander is a, making a big splash in the indie film community. Dimi is a multi-award winning filmmaker with a diverse body of work. Yeah, I gotta say, talking to Dimi today um, was really inspiring for us. He was the kickoff to our next season of guests, and it couldn't have been a better way to start off the new uh, season of interviews. I mean, he runs this huge Facebook network for 40,000, almost 40,000 other filmmakers called um, the Filmmakers Generation Next Network. Um, If you haven't seen that, you gotta get on it. Um, You know, he's filled with inspirational quotes. We talked a lot about... Um, mental health and filmmaking, as well as his uh, body of work that he started in music videos. Mm-hmm. Um, he's been all over the place. I mean, from uh, he was born in uh, Bulgaria, I believe. Yep. Moved to New Zealand, did some studies there. He couldn't really handle. He didn't like doing uh, undergrad studies. He actually didn't finish his degree. Um, ends up going to film school, and then he lands in Australia, where we spoke to him today. Um, but yeah, just tons of information from him. He's worked with a lot of people. I think you guys are really going to love the interview. Did you guys uh, feel the same? Yeah, cool. absolutely. He was very, uh, you know, excited about his work and, and getting in touch with other people that are doing work and he loves what he does. So it was fun to talk to him. I know Wayne loved the part about his writing process and the techniques and the writing group that he had and his process that he goes through even to, mm-hmm. uh, his other writing partners and the, and the process he goes through to create and just come up with idea generation he even talked about working on the wheel of fortune which was yeah. fun. <laughs> everybody likes so, the wheel of fortune exactly you exactly it's great prizes absolutely yeah. exactly well guys take a listen to dimmy and hope you enjoy don't forget to uh, subscribe to our youtube channel and head over to hecklecane.com dimmy welcome to the imperfect podcast how are you doing today how are you doing? Uh, so, um, I'm very good. Thank you for having me today. Yeah, of course. Where are you calling from? You're calling from very far off land. Yeah, I'm calling from Perth, uh, Western Australia. It's about 9 o'clock in the morning. Thank you for for the nice setup and waiting uh, to, to get uh, so late at your um, at your location, you know. We are, we're exactly 12 hours off from you, and we're upside down. <laughs> yep, yep, yep. Start digging, Dimi. We'll start digging now. I don't need visa. I just need a big shovel. Exactly. Excellent. Exactly. I like that. Um, but yeah, we, you know, we've told the folks you've you've done um, an amazing amount of work in your in your um, in your tenure doing music videos, indie films, short films, some documentary work, and things like that. Um, yeah. How did you actually get involved in film? And like, was it a passion? 
passion of yours since you were a child? What, where, where does it come from? Um, I didn't realize it until later, but uh, I um, got uh, involved into images when I was little, uh, like 11, 12 years old. My grandfather, he, he was a teacher in um, mathematics, chemistry, physics, but also he was conducting uh, workshops, like photography workshops for his older students, and I was little, you know, back then, and um, uh, he was inviting me um, during my um, stay uh, at the um, uh, school he was teaching and it was it wasn't uh, where i was living in the city I, he was teaching in, back in in the village uh, where where uh, you know he was uh, and my mom and my dad are from so i was um, i studied actually one or two years uh, back in the village and during those years when i was little um, i was um, sneaking into the workshops photography workshops and you you can imagine back then in the uh, early 90s uh, um, late uh, late 80s, um, you know that um, uh, photography was with those um, uh, manual cameras. You know that very well. Mm -hmm. uh, and I, um, he got me uh, actually a camera which belonged to my dad. So it was a Zenith a Zenith uh, Russian Russian camera uh, TTL 45, I think. I still have it here. <laughs> I'll just. Uh... <laughs> awesome. Nice. I love when we get nice. tours of equipment. I love it. <laughs> yeah, I still have it here. So I'll show. It to you probably the first people have seen it um, except me for a long time oh wow so this is the this oh, is nice. the, the the camera i used um and it was uh, uh I, I don't know if it still works i'm gonna have to uh, go to some of those if there's places where i can um see if it works and uh, and put a black and white uh, film and try it and probably screw up a few frames because I haven't used the manual camera uh, most of my life except early early those days. Yeah, sure. So um, I was taking photos of my sister and my brother and uh, and um, uh, developing in that in the in the dark room with the bigger Russian apparatuses like huge. I remember they were massive and and um, of course in the dark room we put the, the film and um, the the photo paper you um, take it out of that. Um, Shiny, shiny pouch mm -hmm. uh, that is, uh, keeps it dark, and uh, and then you put it under the under the apparatus, and for three seconds you put the light on, and then you take it and put it through the developers, the the chemicals, and uh, what was amazing, you don't see it with the digital, uh, is is that is that that white paper just like animation, it just starts changing colors like from uh, different shades of gray and black and, and white and off-white and it just becomes that kind of a that picture that I took like months ago or, or weeks or whatever it takes to, to, to get to develop the film and I see how many frames I screw up as well. <laughs> it's a beautiful process to get to watch that and I, I don't know how many of you guys have ever been in a dark room. It really is something magical when you do get to see that and, and have the film, you know, you've developed the film, you've put it through the little shaker and the chemicals uh, and, and the, 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 you know, the, the developer and then the stop and you put yeah. it in all the pieces it's yeah. it's really yeah. magical it's unreal and uh, uh, I guess the, just because it was so early in my in my developing years as a, as a, as a human being I guess that that stuck uh, imprinted like that was imprinted on the photo paper imprinted in my life in my mind and uh, and somehow stuck with me I didn't of course continue with photography become like a, this wonderful photographer I went to watch movies like VHS you know uh, Bruce Lee and, uh, and Chuck Norris and, uh, and, and uh, 
and um, start going um, with my brother watching a lot of movies playing games and and photography kind of faded in the background uh, for mm -hmm. a while until later on um, uh, moved to New Zealand and decided to study uh, film and television in the uh, University of Auckland so then um, two years later <laughs> I didn't even finish the the undergraduate it was I mean I did two years and I could have gone to the third year to have a, a degree but uh, I was like B student B minus B plus and and to get to to, to graduate uh, as, with a degree, um, of course uh, you have to have better marks, and and I'm just like uh, I don't know about that um, theory type theory type of thing. I I have trouble reading big passages since I was a kid. I, I was much more prone to read comics where there's a little bit of text, a little bit of images. My head doesn't hurt, uh, <laughs> but um, you know. I decided to go to another school, um, uh, which is um, uh, South Seas Film and Television School, uh, one-year diploma. Uh, mm -hmm. So I decided to, to go there. But of course, again, I had to choose between documentary and, uh, and drama. And of course, I wasn't really into, um, um, wasn't a prolific writer or reader in terms of, uh, but I wanted to tell stories. I chose documentary because it fit with me uh, in terms of, um, I, I'm good at talking, I talk a lot, and I'll be, I'm able to, to, to get the, the subjects or my interviewees to, to, uh, to relax and uh, start uh, opening a conversation. So, plus there is a, a fair amount of writing. You put like 30 to 40 percent into writing into a documentary, and the rest is is uh, is a fluid ev evolution of the story, uh, which can take in many directions. Uh, so, mainly is is being able to to predisposition the 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 talent to to open up and really really see how how you can go left, right, or up and down with in terms of story. So. Um, that was very natural to me, but I uh, always wanted to tell stories uh, that are fictional. Um, uh, that's where I grew up mm. with um, with those those movies. So that's how I got into into film. The long story sure. short, I guess. Sure. And yeah. then I know a lot of your career too. Uh, early on, uh, you were doing a lot of music videos as well, um, which yeah. you had some very big success with uh, the Devil Skin video um, and some others. So how did you transition to music videos after starting with documentary? Entries. Uh, that's um, uh, I was I was was like I really liked uh, music um, uh, back when I was um, uh, in Czech Republic uh, uh, living there uh, working in a steel factory we lived for five years um, and I, uh, before we went to, to Czech Republic I was a DJ in Bulgaria for a for a few years uh, I love music I'm not a musician but I love rhythm and I love uh, I love music so um, uh, again I I went with the DJing and back then, uh, I mean, I didn't pick up the, the, the turntable DJing. I was a CDJ and the tapes, mm -hmm. uh, with, with, the, with the tapes. So um, sure. then um, in, in Czech Republic, um, I got into in, into DJing and I, again and uh, while working in the steel factory. So I always wanted, um, I wanted to, to be involved with music in some way, shape or form. So when I was in, in New Zealand and finished school, Film school and uh, um, doing jobs like odd jobs like uh, camera assistant, cabler for uh, rugby games, or um, you know, uh, uh, 
production assistant for uh, TV shows and all those things. I decided to, to, to do some music videos because they are fun, they are very quick to, to, to produce, and uh, it, you know, if the music, the, the rhythm of the music uh, grabs me, um, I, I will be willing to, to do it for nothing as well because <laughs> I, I will get, I'll get a lot a lot out of it plus building my portfolio with uh, with some uh, diverse uh, work uh, was uh, one one of my goals as well and we can so, tell how important that is such as in your short films which we'll talk about a little bit later like in blindside music is very important yeah. to that but on yeah. one other thing we know that you are you run the filmmakers generation next incorporated could you tell us a little bit about how that started yeah, uh, that wasn't the idea at the beginning with uh, FGN Inc. Um, I I finished um, uh, film school in South Seas in Auckland in 2000, late 2008, um, and I was like, um, uh, okay, so we go out. And then I don't know anybody, kind of. I know the classmates, but how do I keep with them, keep up with them and keep in touch? So I created a group that I can invite them. We can we can kind of keep in touch with that. And I had had something. Oh, this this might become something. I didn't know what. I just wanted to be something that uh, it will it will be a kind of. There always going to be a next generation of filmmakers. That was my idea. It's, it's going to be me, then it's going to be somebody else, then it's going to be somebody else, and it's go, always going to be a next generation of filmmakers. And I wanted to kind of start it up with that with that group. Uh, so um, yeah, uh, a few years, uh, well, uh, almost a decade later, we got um, uh, filmmaker generation next is probably in the top three or top five independent filmmaking uh, groups, not pages, mm -hmm. groups. On Facebook, there is probably two or three that are uh, bigger than uh, FGN Inc. Well, hopefully, we can get you some publicity with this thing, and you can get something off your off the ground and get this to number one. <laughs> so, how many, how many followers do you have right now? Because you have a pretty it's decent massive. amount of followers. <clears throat> Uh, members, oh, actually, or members, or on members on the group. group on the group, the Sorry. members, I meant. Yes. Ah, the members on the group at the moment are 37,000 plus something. Nice. Yeah. I'm one of them. Yes, yeah, so am I. <laughs> so am I. <laughs> well, I, I think, to me, the interesting thing about the group, though, is it has a, an interesting message, right? So your your proposition says it's you support equality, diversity, and mental health in film and TV, TV industry um, for a positive future, changing the world one message at a time. So where did that core mission statement come from? I think, you know, equality and diversity is definitely something we see in a, in a lot of people's messages, right? Um, a lot of the crowdfunding campaigns. The, the mental health issue you, um, you know, is something that's a little more unique. Is that something that's personal to you in some way? Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, well, of course, that wasn't the, the idea from the start and wasn't even uh, happening. Uh, it happens the last few years, predominantly the last year and a half. Mm -hmm. uh, because of course, me personally, I was I was going through a rough patch. You know, nothing was kind of moving the way I wanted to move. Some project got stuck and didn't move forward. And I know that I capable of more. I, I can do more, but nothing was happening. And um, and of course, um, I know we see a lot about diversity and, and and equality and mental health. Some people might get a little bit kind of all stop blasting us with that in our faces. We just know about. We don't want to 
policy, but it's very important because, um, especially mental health, um, uh, because that's the the first the first thing that will determine uh, the level of creativity and productivity in our in our personal, individual, and collective lives, because. Mental health, if it's if that declines, creativity and productivity declines. It's it's just it's it's equation doesn't break and it doesn't lie. It's there, it's fixed, and it's 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 something that it determines our quality of life personally, professionally. So um, uh, that's why I decided to. Well, it started very interestingly from collecting quotes. I was just mm -hmm. collecting quotes to motivate myself to 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 not get into that in that um, the dangerous uh, wheel of self-doubt and, mm -hmm. and fear and spiral down the rabbit hole where where it's very difficult to get out and uh, uh, and it's very suffocating so I collecting I was collecting quotes for quite a while a year a year and a half and I see uh, from time to time that the folder is just piling up with quotes mm -hmm. and I didn't know what to do and but then I I see I have that group you know, filmmaker generation X on Facebook. So I decided, well, I will create something with that. And I saw that uh, Instagram, uh, you know, is massive platform. Uh, so I decided to create an Instagram account for FGN Inc. with just the quotes and 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 uh, start posting them there and have some kind of a structure into the account that uh, that it's really unique of its own and the quotes are, uh, are designed in such a way. So that that was the kickstart into creating the blog which is uh, for a positive future mm. out of that little account uh, Instagram account I created the blog where uh, because only quotes it's not enough it, it, mm -hmm. it is very it, it is good uh, and it should be everywhere around us to remind us of certain uh, certain moments when we have doubts and fears uh, but uh, it wasn't enough so I started collecting um, um, articles and videos and uh, posted them on that blog for positive future to really really have a little bit more in-depth and profound positive and and motivational uh, messages uh, uh, from all those people that are leaving it for us online to really motivate us and we willingly ignore them so I feel I feel really really uh, guilty about that that half of my life I I was ignoring all those messages and they've been left for millennia, for centuries, from people from aristoc aristocrats to to today's, uh, you know, all those um, uh, uh, profound uh, thinkers and uh, who who achieved personal and professional success. It's very inspirational. Now I know you also have um, Phoenix Writing Group. What is that about? Uh, that's something that um, uh, came about the last year and a half again. Um, I will, as I mentioned, I really wasn't really a prolific reader and writer, so I always had that fear that I wasn't good enough in terms of writing my own material. Uh, in early stages of my directing, I always kind of directed and produced to somebody. Uh, even if the story was by me, somebody else wrote it because I was like, oh, I'm just not going to be good enough. You know, uh, it's going to be laughable. It's just not going to be good enough. So um, I decided a year and a half ago uh, to find somebody uh, um, and get to 
together and start writing because there's so many ideas that I have, especially in the realm of science fiction, where I want to explore the human condition, the technology that uh, surrounds us, how we we could or we will evolve as a species, and the good and the bad side of those of, of those interactions with the technology and uh, and um, artificial intelligence as well. Mm-hmm. So um, I got together with um, an actress here from Perth, uh, Jean Marcelo, uh, who was feeling the same way that um, she's an actress first and foremost, she wants to pursue acting. I'm a director first and foremost, I want to pursue directing. And as you know, in the filmmaking or anything in life, there is no straight path, right? Correct. Sometimes yeah. you have to take left, sometimes you have to take two steps back and one step forward. <laughs> Correct. So, well, it's um, it's impressive to me, just looking that. at your IMDb, I mean, you have producer credits, writer credits, cinematographer credits, camera department credits, electrical department, sound department, <laughs> uh, editing credits, and acting credits. So, I mean, there is no straight line. You have to be able to do it all. Yeah, right. Yeah, who doesn't? I mean, I... Yeah. And Joe is very big sci-fi guy. So oh, I, I love sci-fi. How much you like it? Yes, it's. I was just listening. <laughs> yeah. So yeah, we got together and uh, we start writing um, a year and a half uh, ago. Uh, Predominantly in sci-fi. Uh, at some point, we'll branch out, but we want to really, uh, really master the, the writing first and foremost in the genre that we really uh, feel passionate about, because that's going to determine our longevity in terms of producing, where we're not mm-hmm. getting paid for it. Okay. And uh, of course, that rightfully so, we we're not getting paid because we are not to the to that standard that probably uh, um, that uh, we should uh, be to 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 have a really sustainable. Um, our careers, but uh, yeah, she's uh, she's um, she saw that um, uh, Jean saw that um, potential that uh, um, uh, through writing, improving her writing and storytelling techniques, uh, um, she will be uh, a lot more. Um, um, useful uh, or a lot more richer in terms of diverse in terms of talents where she gets involved with other projects you know not only being an actress but being able to to help in terms of writing or and the same with me uh, as a director it's very important to be able if I'm not writing a project and I'm directing a project that's written by somebody else not to be in their way to be a help to be able to uh, produce a project more efficiently with the highest quality possible so I can be ex- actually helpful instead of being uh, a barrier in the in the in the development of the project, understanding every aspect of writing, and be able to contribute instead of sometimes waiting if there is some schedule conflicts, be able to move things forward. Because I know how it is in our in our world, you know, mm-hmm. schedule and, and timing is very important. Doesn't matter what the budget is, right? Uh-huh. Of course. Now I read on the blog that you came up with actually a system of writing. Do you care to yeah. talk about that at all? Like, yeah, like, yeah. Um, uh, I saw some 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 exercise call um, where you take uh, uh, existing intellectual property. Let's say uh, Spider-Man. Uh, you get you take the you take the uh, the main actors, um, basically knowing what uh, the main characters, what they do, uh, who they are, with one sentence. Uh, you get the genre and uh, the short synopsis of the, and you turn it upside down. Basically, if it's it's a male character. You make it female. If it's uh, um, 20 to uh, 15 to 20, you make it 50 to 60. Uh, if it's uh, a sci-fi, you make it a horror or a comedy. Uh, uh, but mm. again, we, when we are turning 
projects upside down like this. We try to to pick projects that we can turn it up into a sci-fi horror thriller. So uh, we don't uh, go into setting our house, uh, setting ourselves up in terms of turning it upside down, and it's in a genre that we're not going to write. Mm-hmm. So um, uh, there's a, there's a, a strategy there. So we pick up, uh, let's say, a comedy or something else, or uh, romantic, uh, or some. Uh, so even sometimes sci-fi, we can turn it up into another sci-fi. So um, we start with that, and we generate ideas that way. And then um, we kind of uh, look into them and decide which one we want to make. And um, take that idea and uh, work for a few months on it, uh, starting from scratch, creating uh, a storyline, then um, then uh, some certain scenes, and we start writing it. And we are basically not even uh, uh, chasing any page count. So it can be mm-hmm. 15 pages, it can be 35, it can, it can be 50 or 70. At the moment, we have um, a sci-fi that uh, was based on an idea that I came up with um, that is 57 pages, and uh, it looks like it's going to keep growing. So it might end up to be a feature, so we don't know yet what we're going to end up with. So that's kind of roughly the, the strategy we are, we are, uh, we are getting not only generating our own ideas gene will come up with something like utopia that um, uh, has some success at the moment in some screen competitions uh, as a short sci-fi uh, but also we generate uh, ideas that way with um, uh, we call it the upside down generator that sounds right. like fun joe we should take casablanca and turn it into a sci-fi what do you think i, I think horror would be nice. oh casablanca <laughs> this is fun i we, we're gonna we're gonna give this a shot i think the plane right? crashes at the end I think, I think this would be a fun exercise. <laughs> no, it is actually well, really a great exercise. Is that something you guys came up with on your own? Exercise, yeah. Yeah. And also, uh, if you don't know, let's say to, to, to make it even more interesting, what I what we did is um, I go on my mobile um, and go on IMDb and uh, pick up uh, a list of uh, movies that, uh, you know those lists mm-hmm. of people yeah. that like movies? Yeah. And I scroll down and I just push with my finger and see where it stops. So mm-hmm. it's almost like the Wheel of Fortune. <laughs> I actually worked as a, as a production assistant on Wheel of Fortune in New Zealand. Nice, Zone. nice. Uh, so, so I just pick up and then we took, take that and then just develop it and we have like over 20 ideas at the moment and we keep coming up with more. Recently, uh, my uh, my dog in, in April died from a uh, from, um, uh, a disease that is incurable event Sorry to, uh, to, um, to the path to come up with a few more ideas so it it, it always um, uh, ideas are everywhere around us we just have to catch them right. we just have to we have to seize the opportunity, and there's another reason why I created, I guess, uh, Filmmaker Generation Next and uh, for a Positive Future uh, blog is because I was asking for for opportunities from others, and I wasn't creating it myself, so I decided really to create opportunities myself and, and get out of that dependency of asking for permission or for somebody else to, to see the potential in me and give me the opportunity. I still 
no, that doesn't mean that we should not ask. Sure. I mean, it, it's absolutely true and essential that we should not be shy of asking for help because that's one of the 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 the, the moments that uh, uh, you don't know what you're gonna get. There's people, so many beautiful and gorgeous people out there that are willing to help because they see mm-hmm. uh, potential in others. But uh, we should not be waiting for for that uh, opportunity to come to us. We should have, should create it and grab it if it comes. We've skipped over so many monumental points in your career too. I wanted to talk a bit about uh, you know Blindside, one of the short films sure. that was accepted into Cannes. So um, you know the story of Blindside. Maybe you can just give our audience a brief synopsis of what Blindside was about, and they can go to your website and watch it. Obviously. Um, yeah, Blindside is a is a short uh, drama thriller um, that uh, has to do with depicting the uh, mental and and physical abuse behind closed doors in middle class type of thing. Uh, and um, uh, we have uh, Becky and Amanda, the uh, daughter, and, uh, and a mom. Um, with, um, the, um, her mom, Amanda, is divorced from her father, John, who is a, a police officer. And she found a new man in her life. And that new man is very, very sinister and bad. Um, uh, so um, that's where the things start uh, going wrong um, and um, there is nothing uh, anyone can do unless unless uh, uh, the victim or the person who uh, who is experienced that abuse uh, finds a way to speak out and, and that's that's what it is that um, uh, mental and physical abuse victims um, um, many of them are thinking that they will be able to fix the problem to help the other person or being afraid to 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 speak up because it's embarrassing, it can be embarrassing, can be uh, frightening, can be uh, can be so many things that uh, that uh, we as human beings uh, are afraid of, and uh, it's really uh, a problem that um, that is um, suffocating in so in so many ways. So I wanted to to tell that story, sure. and we created a short film about it, um, um, which um, uh, luckily got accepted into Cannes. What was the experience like going to Cannes? Um, I was fortunate enough that everybody, um, cast and crew and friends and family, stepped in and helped me to get there in 2012. Um, I, I luckily uh, was able to stay for the whole duration of the festival, which is um, uh, professionals go there for the first week or or so I stayed for the whole duration uh, to, to soak it in because I knew there won't be too many options at this stage of my career to go there, you know, yep. uh, traveling from New Zealand is like 36 hours uh, or sure. so, you know, oh. so it's um, uh, and quite expensive, but um, the, the experience was unreal, very surreal, um, seeing all those filmmakers and celebrities and I came home with 5 kgs more paperwork than I went with uh, in terms of uh, business cards and pamphlets and uh, went to all the workshops uh, one thing that I uh, was prepared very well with is I found online a guide for dummies type of thing that uh, when you go to before you go to Cannes a few months before that you have to start communicating with them and setting up setting up workshops and, and, and meetings and all those things uh, not to wait for the last minute mm-hmm. uh, so I was very prepared with that and I was busy every single day from morning till late 
um, luckily New Zealand Film Commission they have like a, um, a office there close to the close to the festival so I was able to get in and uh, and check my emails there was Wi-Fi free Wi-Fi so it was amazing really really um, amazing experience um, um, but I didn't party at all I didn't have time to party <laughs> no time to party um, so yeah. yeah so I know Wayne was getting into what's what's coming down the pike I know um, we've seen on your Twitter account the Ara Ara right Ara yeah. movie is your sci-fi yeah. that you're currently developing what um, and that's all about uh, where I have it here a multi-reality thought-provoking uh, film so that's about AR and you know so what is that film about what what stage are you in right now with Ara um, Ara is very uh, very uh, interesting project um, actually um, wrote it uh, 2012 uh, start writing it in 2012 um, and I shot quite a bit in 2013 pretty much the whole thing on no budget uh, with um, uh, with some amazing casting crew from uh, Auckland New Zealand uh, and then um, I tried to to finish it uh, in post production but uh, of course, there is a lot of VFX and a lot of stuff happening. So um, I'm at the moment uh, quite a few years after after we've shot uh, the film, uh, looking for ways to, to get it finished. Mm-hmm. Um, and we have a few options uh, uh, on the table. I seize the moment, and that's one thing that I encourage everyone to uh, who really believe in their projects to 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 really uh, go ahead and don't listen to those little fears that are in the back of our our minds that uh, can sometimes uh, uh, be uh, do more damage than any good. Of course, that project has been in the pipeline for a long time now, but I still believe there is a way to to get it done. It might be one of those utopian uh, uh, projects that might get uh, 10 years or 20 years to get uh, finished. Mm-hmm. Um, but uh, I've never uh, never flinched even for a minute that uh, this is not a possibility because I really believe in the story. A smart filmmaker would not make a, a sci-fi with uh, hundreds of VFX as a first feature. Um, obviously, I'm not one of those smart ones, so that's why I'm stuck with it. <laughs> How do you feel about um, augmented reality now? I mean, with the iPhone X, with the iPhone X now, augmented reality is in the hands of potentially the masses now. Yeah. So, thinking of where yeah. you started that movie four years ago, I mean, do you see augmented reality filmmaking uh, the big convergence coming? You can imagine how I feel seeing what I was thinking uh, to be in the movie it was actually happening as a, in a reality <laughs> four years later. It's, uh, they, they look it, back it, in time uh, and say, wow, Demi was really ahead of his time. <laughs> Cutting edge. You were ahead of your time. <laughs> uh, many, many of us know those things uh, and we can feel it because uh, we, uh, we, are, we are very intuitive species, uh, very creative. Imagination is one of the perks that we have as a species as well. And we all know it, um, it the difference between some of us I guess is just nurturing that uh, that uh, imagination and, and putting it to, to paper or uh, into movies so uh, that's where the creative us such as yourselves and uh, all the filmmakers and creatives around the world are differentiating from everybody else we have all all of us we have that that talent of creativity and, and storytelling is just nurturing it and uh, encouraging it ourselves if not our parents when we little at least ourselves and following our dreams uh, which are one thing that nobody can take from us right and not not yet which exactly will be something that we can talk about a little <laughs> bit down the track in terms of 
in terms of dream capturing and in and in a connection between uh, people using devices that um, um, you know it's um, called telepathy in some way but not not uh, not uh, the natural way the, the the technology way that sounds yeah. like it would be a whole nother podcast episode I think yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but Dimmy I wanted to thank you for coming on uh, this was amazing did you guys have any additional follow-ups no, for no, no. Dimmy yeah Dimmy this was awesome I think uh, the audience uh, you know are, are the filmmakers that listen to this podcast are going to love you um, and love all the information you shared with us um, do you want to tell everybody where they can go connect with you online how they become part of FGN and to where they can find you on Twitter and your website and all that good stuff uh, mainly, yeah. Um, if anyone wants to share their projects and uh, um, and share um, other uh, articles that can help others, that's that's the twofold uh, um, uh, uh, function for FGN Inc. on Facebook is basically promote yourself within within limits, you know, so you don't spam the the, the group, but uh, also share uh, information that can help others. So um, that can happen uh, if you um, go. Go even go on Facebook, Filmmaker Generation Next, or FGN Inc. Uh, you might end up on the two pages. One is the official page where you can like, you know, mm-hmm. uh, um, and from that page you can uh, find the group which uh, you can join, request to join. There is uh, three questions you can uh, you'll be asked. Uh, it's mainly mm-hmm. to to get the people engaged with why they uh, involved with filmmaking, what they would change in the in the industry, and what was the movies they got inspired inspired by type of questions mm-hmm. it can be a little bit annoying when you want to join in and start <laughs> sharing but it's very very useful to to be able to answer those questions to really help uh, think about who I am as a filmmaker if some some people are not figuring it out yet I'm, I'm still figuring it out myself uh, also on Twitter filmmaker generation next FGN Inc uh, join up and uh, you'll probably see me uh, on Facebook and in uh, uh, Twitter any social media media just um, uh, search for Dimi Nakov and you'll find me uh, there is not a, one that I'm not part of <laughs> awesome and we'll leave all the links to this uh, in, in, on the on our blog on our on our website at hecklercane.com so Dimi thank you so yeah. much you can go start your weekend now it was a pleasure <laughs> talking with you so much guys thank, <laughs> thank you thank right. so much Dimi have a great night Hello, it is Ryan, and I was on a flight the other day playing one of my favorite social spin slot games on ChumbaCasino.com. I looked over at the person sitting next to me, and you know what they were doing? They were also playing Chumba Casino. Coincidence? I think not. Everybody's loving having fun with it. Chumba Casino is home to hundreds of casino-style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere, even at 30,000 feet. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com to claim your free welcome bonus. That's ChumbaCasino.com and live the Chumba life. No purchase necessary. VGW. Void or prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. Oh, 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 O'Reilly. You need parts? O'Reilly Auto Parts has parts. Need them fast? We've got fast. No matter what you need, we have thousands of professional parts people doing their part to make sure you have it. Product availability. Just one part that makes O'Reilly stand apart. The professional parts people. Oh, 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 O'Reilly.